Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Mickey Blog Podcast. This is episode 27. We're still going. You guys are still listening. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I just thank you, I guess. But uh, welcome to another episode. Every episode of the Mickey Blog Podcast is brought to you by Mickey Travels. We'll go into more detail about them later. And you can listen to every new episode of the Mickey Blog Podcast every Friday. But regardless, let's talk about today's episode because it is going to be a very fun episode. We do have a guest on today's episode. But before I introduce him, I will ask Kristen and Jesse how you guys are doing because I am polite and that's what I do. Oh, you're so polite. I love that. I know. I know. We're good. I'm good. Um, The parks have slowed down quite a bit, which again, super duper nice. I love it. Um, And the weather has been hot but breezy. So, I mean... I really can't complain. Mm-hmm. It's it's sticky, but you know. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't too breezy today. The sun's very strong in Epcot. Yeah. But there was nobody there. So it's yeah. like hot. Well, Give and take. you know, I believe Disney is running quite a few different promos, which if you're interested in booking a trip for the summer, obviously go check out our friends Mickey Travels. They can help you book those trips, but I tend to believe those promos exist because some people don't like going to Disney. When it's hot and sticky, walking walking on the yeah. surface of the sun, kind of yeah. temperature. So, you know, yeah. just just be aware. We're going to be dealing with some heat for sure. These oh yeah, months, it's coming. But. I'm ready for it, but also not ready for it. It's I'm not ready. It's for like it. you you mentally prepare yourself, and I like I got my fans ready, I got my cooling rags ready, but like you step out into the 98 degree weather, and it just like smacks you in the face, and you're like, I was prepared, but I'm not prepared. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very accurate. Yeah, but it, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna um we're gonna push through and oh, essentially yeah. utilize AC at every second. But <laughs> um, let's jump right into our episode. We have a great guest today. We're very excited to introduce him to you guys. Uh, and our guest today is Holland Hayes, who is a longtime actor, entertainer, avid pin collector and experts and former performer of Main Street USA. He was for many years a part of Walt Disney World Entertainment and portrayed Main Street reporter slash pin expert Scoop Sanderson at Disney's Magic Kingdom. While the character of Scoop dates back a few decades at the park, Scoop Sanderson was best known as a Disney pin expert during the peak of its popularity in the early 2000s. Scoop's Afternoon pin talks inside of the old Exposition Hall Theater at the Magic Kingdom were attended by hundreds of guests on a daily basis, and he is also known for his role as T. Keith Glennon in the Disney Plus series The Right Stuff, which covered the story and origin of the United States Space Program. Holland, thank you so much for joining the Mickey Bog Podcast. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. It's nice to meet you guys, and I enjoyed listening to your podcast, and uh, hearing you talk about the hot weather really brought back some hot flashes <laughs> i'm so sure sorry. when i oh, was sure. when i was doing a deep dive into your uh your bio and your history and everything with disney it was funny looking back at the the outfit you wore for scoop because i imagine in july and august you definitely got you got a little hot in that outfit i actually huh? had it easy compared to the ladies i mean they had to have those I'm huge sure. dresses and they had yeah. 10 pound hats that they had to support. But uh, the funny thing about Scoop <laughs> was, yes, it, I was hermetically sealed, at least except for like my arms and head. Um, <laughs> that I, I had a heavy hat. My straw hat was an Italian uh, uh, boater or tra- uh, boater. 
yeah, the skimmer or boater. I, there's the the small ones. I think the yeah. big. I can't remember, but anyway, uh, it was it was an authentic, you know, a, Italian uh, boater's hat, and and it was it was kind of heavy itself, and and you just oh my gosh, the heat, and sometimes our feet would start sticking to the pavement on main street when it started to clear and, and every square yeah. inch of it wasn't covered with a guest it'd start to heat up and our <laughs> feet would stick a little bit. Um, I can only imagine. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, Your well, shoes getting stuck to the pavement. It's how hot it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, <sighs> obviously thanks again for, for coming on the show. And although I did my best to sort of introduce you to our guest, could you talk a little bit more about your history with the Walt Disney sure. Company? Um, it's so funny that somebody's doing a deep dive on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jared. But it's great. I mean, it's yeah, cool. I, I have a way with and words. And you know what? Disney's kind of going to be my legacy. So, um, yeah. so I'm turning 60 this December. And Happy birthday. I'm, I'm going to go out to California. I, I, I Like you said, I did the right stuff here. And I'm going to try to go out to California and kickstart my acting career again. But Disney uh, had what everybody calls the golden handcuffs, especially if you're an actor out there, an equity actor out there. Because we're... We're oh, part yeah. of the uh, the uh, actors union. That's a sister union to SAG. It's the one that covers yeah. the Broadway shows and Disney. So um, I loved Disney as a kid. I would go to Disney with my parents. Uh, I remember the first day they took me. I was a I was a little boy. Uh, I was I think seven when it opened and it, it opened in I think uh, like seventy one yeah seventy one everybody knows yeah that, right seventy one um, so yep. uh, we lived in Deland where Stetson University is it's just inland from Daytona and we uh, we got in the car I didn't know where we were going my dad traveled for work a lot so we'd go with him uh, up to Orlando or down to Orlando and um, we were going down to Orlando and. I'm sitting in the car and I see the green, that big green sign, highway sign that said Walt Disney World, this exit. And I got butterfly. My, I don't know if you've ever had butterflies. I, I don't think oh, I've yeah. had them since that I can remember, but that fluttering in my tummy, I was so excited. And yeah. so I'll never forget that. And, uh, and, and then, uh, you know, off we, you know, we, the, the, the line, was forever that there was only the one access point. So I think people come in from so many different directions. Now you don't realize. Yeah. Anyway, we, you know, it, I remember the diamond horseshoe and the diamond horseshoe. Now it's a fast food joint, but back then they used to close all the doors and windows and you'd be transported to a different time in that place when there were, that was my grandpa's favorite spot in all of Magic When Kingdom. there were dancing girls. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and Walt loved the um, Golden Horseshoe out in California. So he he had box seats, and th those were supposed to be – there was the box seats at Disney World were built for Walt to have a viewing spot. He never lived on to, to use them, but um, – Anyway, I got to do a show. I did a show there. Uh, I did the Diamond Horseshoe before closing. In fact, I was there the day they they let the Can Can girls go. Uh, they'd already wow. let the male dancers go, and so it was a, a, a 
truncated show. They they went from a, a drum and a banjo and uh, um, piano. They they had they cut a couple of pieces from the band, and so anyway, it was just Doctor Bill, which I subbed, and um, and the singing cowboy and a magician, and and then that was it after the girls left. So um, yeah. that was kind of heartbreaking, but at least I, you know, I got to be on that stage that I remember as a kid. Uh, that's, that was the stage that made me want to get into acting. Um, that's such a cool feeling just to be like, wow, I'm on the stage that made me want to act. Like that's so cool. Yeah, it, and such nostalgia in that space. Cause they had a magician, yeah. Wally Bogue, and he made me want to do magic. So I'd, I'd always go to the magic shop. That's where the, big emporium is now that they've, you know, made that whole block. Yep. Um, and uh, I would just spend hours in there. I would, I would entertain the people who worked in there. They love I would, that. I, at least I thought, I, I think I was entertaining in retrospect. I was probably a super annoying little eight year old. But, um, <laughs> anyway, I, I grew up to audition for Disney. I, um, you know, you got to go away to come back. So I went away for a while and then came back and had my equity card, my union card. And I auditioned for Disney for six years and finally got hired. Wow. Uh, I, I did a summer of characters, which if you, okay. and that's, uh, you know, if you've never, have, have you ever talked to anybody who's done that? Yeah, I was actually a photo pass. So um, I was friends with like all equity photo pass, you know, all the characters and yeah, everything. So, you know, I loved talking to them. It was great. I always got really cool insight from them. It's, it's a thankless job, but it is also a job where people run up and hug you all day long. And, and you can't believe anybody would touch you. You're so sweaty, but they don't know that. And (laughs) they don't um, know that they don't care. And, and so anyway, I did that for a summer and then Universal hired me and finally Disney hired me and uh, at, uh, I guess it was 90, it must have been, yeah, my daughter was born in 96. So 95, I was hired at Superstar Television, which now houses um, uh, the Frozen show. And there was yeah. a monster sound show and the MCs did both those shows. So I was hired to do that. And then um, they put me in Liberty Square as a town crier. I really got around. If you look, if you look, I don't know if you can, I I should put more of my roles up there, but I did. So I was at Universal for 10 years too. I was Grandpa Munster for Halloween. I don't know if you Oh, my. I can totally see that. And I'm obsessed. I absolutely love that. And I did the horror makeup show. And I was the first Mr. (laughs) Peekaboo at uh, the Barney show. I opened that. And, um, but it was 10 years before Disney really made me a full-time actor. And so, um, scoop was the role that I got the longest run in. I, after emceeing the, um, superstar television and monster sound show, they, they, uh, hired me full-time on main street uh, as scoop. And it started because they needed somebody to do the tree lighting ceremony, which was, fantastic and where i met i think that's where i make met kristen if she was doing the show um but she may have been after that in the trolley show that was up and down main street while we were on, on wow that's incredible so anyway i did that's uh so scoop awesome. for 17 years till 2016 
and uh, I got oh, a head start wow. on on the uh, exodus of all the actors with COVID. So gave me a couple of years to start getting my yeah. again with film and TV, and that's how yeah. I uh, came to audition for the right stuff. My oh, that's agent. awesome. So how long were you a part of, I think you mentioned it before, but the Main Street portion that of was, your career? And then is, no, I was going to say, is there like a, a time period? You talked again about a little bit about it, but that's like you have more fond memories yeah, of than beginning. another. <laughs> the beginning. Back before cell phones and everybody was yeah walking down the street yep. like this or running yeah. down the street because they couldn't figure out where am i or what am i doing or tell me phone yeah. what to do instead of you know maybe talk to some of the people there who can give you some real guidance but uh at first it was right. great because we didn't have that <laughs> and uh, yeah and uh, so i was hired in 99 for the tree lighting which was fabulous and in town square and then regis came along and made him move the tree out of town square uh, so it's just so weird. Um, oh my God. Cause he, he, and then Kelly, I guess ended up setting up. So they, anyway, they, they couldn't put the tree in town square when all that was going on, uh, for the broadcast. So, uh, they, they put it back in after the broadcast and, uh, it was such a hassle. I think they just decided to stop doing the show, but, but when we first, first started doing it, um, you know, if you were, it was up on the train station in town square. So if you were, if the tree was behind you and you were looking up and then the tree lit and you turned around and looked at it, when you came back, Mickey and all the characters had flooded uh, that balcony that looks over town square. Oh, with yeah. the, you know, the, a couple of tin soldiers and, and, uh, and the uh, gingerbread guys and then the beautiful dancers that Kristen was part of that company. And, and uh, so that. that they they wanted me committed for that, so they gave me a contract, and after that, uh, they couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then for your specific scoop role, you know, tell us a little more about that. What did you do as being scoop? Um, and then what made it special? Was it the guests, the interactions? Was it something else? Little, um, about, you know, tell us a little more about that specific a little role. behind the scenes when, when they first came up yeah. with a character. And maybe they did these for the other characters that were already established. Because they already had a mayor and a socialite. And, of course. Um, and uh, so I, I was the second male at the time. Uh, to to be part of the citizens of Main Street, it was just the mayor and me. So uh, so when I started in '99, I sat down with the director Chris Oyen, who cast me, and uh, he, who's retiring now. So there's another legacy. Uh, he um, yeah, and I'm so grateful to him for that role because they, they really didn't. You know, he, we talked about what Scoop would do, and he wrote a character description, and, and we sat and did that. And even, he, you know, we bounced off some different names like AP Wire and stuff like that. And uh, so Scoop, he settled on Scoop because uh, that was, you know, he just liked the sound of it. And so uh, the idea was I'd, you know, be asking people where they're from or um, um, in, endow them with who they were which was what it more yeah. became uh, as, as time went on. And I, I hadn't done a real big improv uh, 
character like that. I mean, you're, you're making up everything. And, and it was great, and it was freeing and everything. They let me do whatever I want. But right at, in 1999, at the end, is when pin trading was coming on board. And, okay. and I used to do a seminar in the exposition hall where you meet Mickey at his magic show that doesn't that disappeared. <laughs> There's yeah. no magic show. It's advertised all over the place. But it disappeared. I know. And it's just Mickey now. I love the signs, but it's nowhere to be found. Mickey and Tink. So um, anyway, I would tell people, I just, you know, I I fell in love with the pin trading, mostly because I went on eBay and saw what all the pins were going for. So I bought all the pins. I learned everything (laughs) I could about the pins. I I have a problem with pin trading, so I'm right there with you. Well, then you might be getting a scoop pin in the mail. We'll see if, if... that's I, would oh, love, I love that, that face. You know, something that <laughs> Disney didn't get when they re- got rid of me is p- people would come up to me every day and say, yeah. "Not that you you made my day or you made my kids' day. You made my family's vacation." Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Vacation. You know, some of it was my yes. vacation. Some mm-hmm. of it was my day. But I, I, I did this thing where I opened up my vest and I had all these pins. And then I had, I took two of the regular lanyards and connected them so they get went all the all the way to the ground. I called it my floor length lanyard, and I kind of wiped oh it up and put it in my pocket. And then after opening it up, I pulled it out and let it drop down. And little kids that you cannot phase in that ten to thirteen range would go. Yep. That's, that's me as an adult. And, and they just didn't get that I, you know, what kind of a, a magic trick that was to people, you know? Yeah. So anyway, uh, I got into the pins. I started doing the pin talk. You know, I explained that the theme of the millennium celebration is celebrate the future hand to hand. I hand you a pin. You hand me a pin. Hand to hand pin trading. Let's do it. You know, how, yeah. uh, uh, What's your what's your uh, what's your favorite word, Jessica? My favorite Jessica word is your favorite word. I'll tell you right now. And every okay person who works at Disney has their favorite word right there on their chest. And you can say, yes. "Hi, Jessica," instead of just "Oh, oh, you got nothing." Oh, give me that. <laughs> I want that. So I taught him manners. And I thought, yeah. that who's more likely to have a cast member? You like those cast member pins? Who's more likely to have one in their pocket than a cast member? We had to go to a meeting exactly. this morning, and they didn't give us any donuts, but they gave me this stupid pin. And I don't like pins. Here, you can have it. <laughs> right? And so it really changed a lot of people. It changed their lives a lot. And we come and tell them, oh, write yeah. me letters. Okay. You changed my life. Using people's names. Yeah. Well... Uh, you know, Holland, I was, you know, again, as I said so poetically earlier when I was doing a deep dive into your past, uh, as I like to do for our guests, just to stay as prepared as I can, um, you know, we won't talk about that one incident. In the 80s. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, no, I just I one of the things that I found was there's a lot of smaller blogs, a lot of smaller write ups, a lot of smaller pages of people. Uh, saying a lot of fond things about you and their memories of meeting you and pin trading and photos they were sharing online with you. So 
you know, I, I just thought it worthwhile to, to mention that to you because I think even long after you've made memories at Disney, you know, those don't just go away. It's a beautiful thing about memories is yeah. they, they don't, they don't go anywhere. So, uh, that, that's a really cool thing. I mean, you know, it pins and everything it, it, for me, for example, I never really got into it. I had a Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, pin necklace that I would just lanyard. Co- lanyard sorry, uh, that I would pin necklace. I know, see, this is this is how much of a rookie I am. Uh, and sure. I would go around and I would collect like you know pins from like my favorite favorite films. And I was a a young kid on my early Disney trips. But what I'm saying is, just because it wasn't a huge deal to me, doesn't mean it wasn't for somebody else. And that's the cool thing about Disney is there's something for everybody. Yeah. And you're looking around. You can go on Main Street and you can literally stop. I've done this before a few times. And you can literally stop like in front of the castle and you can look around and just people watch for a second. You can see in everybody's eyes there's something else that is making them happy right now. There's a dad over there that is like super hyped about popcorn. There's a mom over there who's like, we're going to Adventureland first. There's a kid who's just running straight up to the castle. They're not even looking at anything else. You know, that's the cool thing about these parks. But but yeah, that was that was something that sort of stuck the out. The great thing me. about being um, a dad at Disney is you start seeing Disney through a child's eyes. So anytime you yeah. go with a kid, if you've never been with a kid, go with a kid and just do what the kid wants to do, and you'll find you're spending a lot of time watching ducks in ponds oh, and, yeah. and waddling, ac- you know, waddling across a sidewalk. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I took my little cousin um, like a year or two ago. Um, she's 11 now, but I always have my pin lanyard and I always have pins in my pockets or in my backpack. And she'll be like, you know, walking up to cast members that have like the pin boards now. And she's like, oh, can we trade? And I'm like, yep, pick a pin to trade, like pick a pretty one, you know? And, you know, I kind of started that for her. So it was always so fun to like go with her from the time she was like five until now that she's 11. And over the years, she has like very specific pins that she goes with every single time. Um, but it's just so cute to like see that evolve, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let Kristen ask the next question, but I do know that I've literally heard her say exactly what you oh, said yeah. on this podcast about, cause she has, uh, two kids and, you know, mm-hmm. the idea of like watching your child experience something. It's something I'm very excited for in the future. Um, yeah, me too. Writing small to world it, 10 but... times in a row. Maybe not excited for that, but you know, the other thing. It things. just depends. But again, like you don't think of it as writing small world 10 times in a row because you're not paying attention. You're not, you're looking at your kid. Like, so I don't even notice anymore, like where I am. I'm like, whoa, they're really Indoctrinating into this. her. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I try. Yeah. Um, it's a loving yeah, people so of every color. Yep. <laughs> color yeah. size. I, yeah. I, I brought my kids so early to Disney World. People are always like shocked. I think my daughter was eight weeks old the first time she came and my son was 10 weeks old. And this is before we lived here. So people are like, you brought a baby that young? I'm like, yeah. Okay. Well, oh, I'll make you yeah, feel you better. Well, yeah, I, I used to work at Universal too. And I, I, I did the... You know, I did the Bill and Ted show uh, as um, in 2000 as uh, Bill Clinton. But I knew all the actors. They took all the actors from all the shows and, and 
if you were full time, you know, you went over there and subs worked for you and your regular shows. I did horror makeup a lot there, but I, uh, I did uh, Clinton in 2000, but Natalie was born in 96 October. And we took her as a newborn to show all my friends at Bill and Ted's our new baby. <laughs> and so I love that. So we had a camera that we got all these great pictures of her with kiss and all the different, you know, it's a celebrity roast basically. And, uh, and so um, anyway, we got all these great pictures and we lost the camera that night, but anyway, that should make anybody feel better about what they've done with their little infant. My God. That's, yeah, no, I say all the time it was like the easiest ever trip to bring a mummy that young. But um, so, yeah, let's we talked about this a little bit, but let's go back. So what was it? I know you mentioned uh, Diamond Horseshoe, but was there like a specific memory or moment? Was it the butterflies that you were like, yes, I think I love Disney. This is what I want. Even though you were at Universal for 10 years, like what made you keep trying so, for Disney? Uh, I, I, I love living in Florida after living in Omaha, which is where I was stationed okay. in the Air Force and met my wife. Actually, we met in Mississippi, but we both got at our tech training, but we both got stationed at Omaha. So that was sort of kismet. So um, we got married and uh, came down here and I, and I auditioned for Disney opening the new studios. They opened studios, Pleasure Island, um, and, and, and Universal was opening contemporaneously. And so, um, I, I auditioned in 91 and got cast at Universal as an actor. And, uh, and that's also when Disney was casting and I couldn't get, I couldn't get arrested at Disney. I did that summer in characters, but, uh, finally in 95, they hired me for, uh, the uh, uh, superstar television, but I think I think it was just well. We went to studios, my wife and I, early on in our marriage because she was she was raised in California and loved Disneyland. I was born there and went with it as a kid. The only thing I remember is the Pirates of the Caribbean, and there was this at the. Pirates in Disneyland back then, anyway, I think they cut it from both parts. There was a pirate that had a bottle of booze. And as uh, oh, yeah. as your boat approached, he started doing this and it was pouring out of the thing. Uh, you know, it was, I guess, a hose or whatever. But anyway, the booze is pouring out of the bottle. And right when your boat got to the stream, it ran out. So it oh. quit pouring. So... It was such a great thing because you think it's going to pour right on your head. You know, it's yeah. just blah, 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 blah. And then your boat gets to it and it stops. And then he, you know, goes. But anyway, it was such a great effect. And I remember that as a kid. So I must have been like five. So because I went to Disney World when I was seven. So I think just all those years of that. And then she and I went and Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit was a big thing. Pleasure Island uh, was opening up and. And there were just a ton of actor roles. And so I, I had my union yeah. card. They, they, I think, had already gone equity. So I was really excited to, you know, maybe get a job there. And it took six years. But once I did, I, I, I mean, I had a, what they call a legacy character now. 
Um, and because when they let me go, there was such an uproar. They, I guess, had to cut. I guess they had to make an across the board cut. They were opening, I think, uh, Hong Kong Disney at the time. So yeah, they cut two of us and just, it was a straight up cut. We're going to go, go down to, uh, I guess four full-time actors instead of six. Uh, and they kept the fire chief and two of the socialite or the socialite, the music teacher and the mayor. And then the mayor passed away. So they brought in um, Matthew Arder, who's a wonderful tour guide and Carol Channing impersonator. And he, he uh, does uh, something down at Hamburger Mary's. Anyway, he's very funny. I was glad to see him get it because I was really getting, like I said, not only sick of the, you know, um, you know, I got to be here. I'm sorry. I can't look at you right now. And um, every day, just because of how the corporation was going, they, the art manager would come in. Oh, everybody, I was just handed this today. From now on, you can't do this or that or the other. Or if you do this, Lots you got to do that. And it was just, it was horrible. Horrible, horrible. It yeah. is a great company. Um, Absolutely. I, I think if you, you know, I, I think you've got to be kind of new to work with all the changes there. It's hard when somebody half your age comes in and thinks they know everything that you learn ain't true after, you know, about dealing with guests. And um, so anyway. It was it was a great. Yeah. Yeah. I was there during the salad day, babies, and trading uh, was, was so great. And I, I I really brought merchantainment. I really embodied. They had merchantainment before me, but yeah. I was a merchantainer. I really brought the merchant aspect and the tainment aspect together, and they made pins of me. They did a, a two. Pen of the Month series, Scoop and Friends, and the Main Street Gazette. Main Street Gazette was first. They had me actually, they actually gave me facts about whatever the attraction they were going to feature was, like the, you know, the the Madame Leota, you know, who it was. And 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 then I they had me write it in Scoop Speak, uh, and that's what they put on the back of the card uh, as kind of Scoop's little article. And that is so, there so were 12 cool. Of those. And then they yeah. came out and photographed me and the other actors um to do the scoop and friends which was like me and uh me as mickey is me which can you imagine mickey mouse as yeah that's crazy interesting that you originated and are the only yeah. one who does uh and then they made a jumbo i should be showing you my pins right now they made a oh my god a yes jumbo <laughs> pin where Mickey was three inches, Scoop Mickey was three inches tall on this jumbo pin. And it sold for $95. There were, I think, 500 of them at the, uh, at a, oh, at wow. the Win Magic Hat Pins pin event. And um, they they uh, sold for 95 and now they do 500 bucks. And my, my little pin that I used to just give away regularly does 100 200 bucks. So that really feels good. <laughs> Wow, that's yeah. incredible. I mean, it's that's things that you can't find anymore. You know, it's like unless you were there and you were there at the right time when they happened to have them available. Like back in 2016, like I was living in South Florida at the time, so I was coming to Disney just as an annual pass holder. Um, but it was one of those things that back in the day I was up here, you know, once a month when I was able to drive when I wasn't working, like there were lots stuff of like you. that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh my God, I need to work at Disney. Like I got to, I got to move to Orlando. So I moved up here in 2018, but at that time you guys are already gone. And I was like, I didn't get to experience like full fledged that magic, you know? Um, it was different back then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also, something that stuck out to me was you were talking about being a merchantainer, I believe yeah. was the An exact word. term. There you go. And you know what? It checks out. Disney loves to invent words. Uh, and honestly, some of them are really fun. So I love it's, them. It's great. Uh, but basically, I wanted to get a little bit more into that. So can you talk a little bit about, we're going to mostly on the second half of the episode, talk more about the uh, the pin side sure. of things in your roles in your roles as an actor. But um, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, uh, the sort of craze for pin trading back in the day when you were sort of doing more of the performance-based stuff in the entertainment sort of uh, side of the the coin when it come to when it comes to pins specifically. Well, um, one thing I, I came up with I was at um, Restoration Hardware one day and I uh, you know what a spatula is right you scoop up a burger and you flip it well mm-hmm. Restoration Hardware had this spring loaded one and 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 when you squeeze let me see if I can do this. When you squeeze the handle, it would flip, right? It was a just a regular, like a metal spatula, yeah. but if you squeeze the handle, it would go like that. And so I, so I came up with a game called What's That Flipping Pin? I can flip a pin so fast your head will spin. And if you can name the pin, you win. <laughs> that is so So cool. I would I put a little uh, Mickey cutout on the spatula. And then I'd, I'd put the pin through the slots in, in a hole in the middle of the Mickey head and put the back on. And then I'd say, and what I loved about it was kids were great at it and adults couldn't get it. <laughs> they weren't fast enough. So so I'd flip the pin and I'd try to do like Nurse Mickey, Nurse Minnie, or somebody dressed different so you couldn't just tell, right. you know, like Goofy by his orange and yellow and blue. So, so, right. it would, so anyway, I'd flip it and nobody would see it and I'd flip it again. And then, uh, and then if they, you know, name the pin, they win. And then if they could either keep the pin or they could pick a mystery pin off of my suspenders and I'd have them backwards on the, I did all kinds of crazy stuff like that. But the great thing about what's that flipping pin was I can flip a pin so fast your head will spin. And if you can name the pin, you win, but to play the game, you got to say the name of the game. And the name of the game is what's that flipping pin. So on three, everybody say, what's that flipping pin? One, two, three. (laughs) What's that flipping pin? I'd get a crowd of people around me shouting in the middle of main street. What's that flipping (laughs) pin? (laughs) That is so cool, man. I wish I experienced that. That sounds amazing. So great. And then, and then, (laughs) Now, sometimes two people will name the pin simultaneously together at the same time. And when that happens, we have to have a flip off. You need a tiebreaker. A flip yeah. off. So yeah. these little double entendre things were things that I remember from the Diamond Horseshoe. And mm. they used them. And I used them. And nobody ever said anything because the adults are laughing at things the kids aren't and the kids have no idea. They just want to play the game and win a pin. Everybody wins. There you go. 
That's awesome. Well, we're going to jump into the second half of our show here. But before we do, I do want to mention, as I always do, that this episode of the Mickey Blog Podcast is sponsored by Mickey Travels. And Mickey Travels is a nationally recognized leader in Disney vacation planning. They are diamond earmarked by Disney and their services are always 100% free. Reach out to Mickey Travels today for a free quote on your Disney vacation at mickeytravels.com. That's mickeytravels.com, making magic one vacation at a time. And because of our sponsor mention, I also wanted to give a little shout out to the fact that there are lots of deals going on. I know we briefly mentioned it uh, for this upcoming summertime. So if you are interested in traveling to Walt Disney World, reach out to Mickey Travels, learn about all those amazing deals, and they can help set up your next Disney vacation for you. So uh, I could just tell that Jesse is clearly much more excited about pins uh, than Kristen and I are. Not that we're not excited because honestly, this is getting me more excited about pins than I ever was. That's my goal in life. My goal in life is to get everybody to turn into a pin trader. Okay. (laughs) Every, every person ever. I will give you the pins. Just trade them and let me watch you have fun with it because I, she finds some and she's like, do you want this? And I'm like, Jesse, I don't collect them. She's like, yeah, Yeah. it's fake. But then if I go with her kids, it's like, do you want to, do you want to trade? Do you want (laughs) to? You're, so, you're in, you're in a Publix, you're in a Publix grocery store, just handing <laughs> pins off to people. Oh, you should see when I like have my full Disney attire on and I have to stop at Publix real quick. Like after a Disney trip, I will say Orlando Publixes or like Walmarts yeah. are the only place I don't feel weird walking in with like Mickey ears and a lounge fly Mickey backpack and a pin <laughs> lanyard. And my little, I have like a little new emo on my, my backpack and people don't really look at me at all but if i go my parents live in boca raton they live in south florida if i go down there and i wear all that people are like what are you wearing and i'm like i'm from disney world leave me alone jesse you're a pin pusher is what you are a pin pusher yes i am is is addictive so watch out for it it is i know but well like i said i will just i will just give you the pins you don't have to buy anything just here just just take a pin out of my collection and trade it and just see if there's you like, like a it. Whole, you know, there's like a whole pin language I'm learning about right now. Yeah. Holland Holland keeps like saying phrases and I'm like, what? You're what? like, what is that? <laughs> I'm learning um, all about everybody. This. Everybody <laughs> hates a pin prick. Another little double entendre for you. I love it. Um, So when you were doing all the pin trading, do you think that was like the prime time of pin trading? How do you think it's changed over the years or how do you feel about it changing over the years? They're more about selling pins. uh, Now they are. Yeah. I miss even when cast members had them on, you know, their own lanyards or on their pockets. Like I, I miss that. I miss the interaction with the cast members. Um, My friend Jamie and I like, you know, there'd be mystery pins and they're like, oh, sing and dance. And we're like, name a song. We got you. What do you, what do you want? (laughs) So they would obviously name a Disney song and we would just start singing and dancing to whatever Disney song. And then they would show us the mystery pins. What? We will work for that pin. Absolutely. Yeah. You show me your mystery pins. I'll work for it. That's totally fine. But back in the day they did Disney trivia and like all that kind of stuff pre COVID. Um, but I mean, what you're talking about with like the flipping pins and all of that, that sounds really, really cool too. And again, that's something I didn't really get to experience. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did the pin talk. They retired at one time because I really needed a helper there. And I often requested one kid that's, I, and he may still be on 
Main Street, Jacques. He's not a kid anymore. He's, he's, I think he's got a kid. But uh, anyway, he was yeah. so great because um, I, would, I would sock away, not only would I sock away pins, but the people in charge of the pins and I had a really good relationship. So if somebody was looking for something, if I, if I couldn't produce it immediately, I could usually do it by the end of the day. And it usually was something in a series yeah. they needed to complete. Um, a missing. The, the little yeah. dwarf heads uh, were kind of a nightmare because you couldn't find a grumpy and, 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 and often a doc. Doc and grumpy were the two hardest. Yeah. You know, kids or, you know, a, an adult kid of a grumpy old man would give him the grumpy pin. If yep. they found it. So they, they were just, it, it's what I, they, so they have chasers, what they call chasers. And it's in any kind of collectible. Yeah. I collected it's wacky over. packages when I was a kid. And you're always looking for that elusive one that uh, I think just was more popular than the other. So people didn't want to give them up. And that's what uh, Grumpy was. He was a, a, what I called an organic chaser. And then down the line, Disney started creating their own chasers. Like you'll see the silver hidden Mickey pins with no fill. Uh, those, yep. th they call them chasers. I, I think they're just stupid because it's it's cheap to produce that I, pin without the Those are the ones I, it's yeah, the, those are the ones I, I'll get the collection, but I'm like, eh, chaser, yeah, or whatever. I don't need it. Yeah, like, well, they're all, I'll trade for something they're else. They're all on the lanyards. But um, yeah. I guess, uh, you know, like th there was one pin that has uh, my POM. Uh, I can't remember all the. Uh, I'll trade my P A POM for your HM. All these little initials that they have. Uh, oh, yeah. End of the month was one. Uh, Hidden Mickey is an HM. Um, so they, they had a. I love the Hidden Mickey. Yeah, there was a little bit of terminology there. Um but yeah, now they, they're not, they're not selling them to trade at 20 bucks a piece. You're not really going to trade a pin, you know, um, there no. are still people that go around with pins on that are not worth 20 bucks, but they'll let you go buy a $20 pin that they want, uh, to trade for the pin that they have that, you know, they may yep. have gotten for a buck or whatever, just cause you know, yeah. it's, maybe it's a character that you collect that you can't find very often. And there's a lot of fake and bootleg-legged pins now. Um, and Disney doesn't—I guess at one time they convicted somebody in California for bringing in fakes, but that ship sailed a wow. long time ago. Uh, fantasy yeah. pins are what uh, public—they're beautiful. Public designed pins are that yeah. oftentimes Disney shoulda, woulda, coulda made. Um, and I have one of Baymax squeezed into a doom buggy and it is one of my favorite fantasy pens I own because it's Baymax squeezed into a doom buggy. Like it's so funny. I also have him wearing a, uh, haunted mansion outfit, which is really cute. There too. was a thing it's called cute. character yeah. integrity. And, uh, yeah. at some point they just, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you'll see Disney made pens. Like there's a couple of Tinkerbells where the face just didn't write and and she looks there there's a lot of Tinkerbells that recently I'm like that's not Tinkerbell. All, all the characters you, you you can find examples yeah. in all of them. So it's just it's funny. Yeah. And then they started dressing characters as other characters. Uh, Jessica dressed up as a lot of different um, 
uh, movie, movie. I got star. a couple of those too. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Those, those were very collected. There's one like she's Marilyn Monroe, and it's really, you know, over wow. over the the subway grate. Um, but uh, yeah, they just aren't. They aren't making them even even the non limited. You know, limited editions. The edition size is four thousand now, and they had stopped that. Yeah. back after the millennium, kind of they were they had LE. 10,000 sitting on the racks, LE 5,000 sitting on the racks for months. And they can't buy new pins unless they get rid of those. So that they have these huge cask sales. Uh, I mean, just thousands and thousands of pins for, you know, 10 cents on the dollar a lot of the time. And the great thing about that was if I'm a cast member and I'm paying 10 cents on the dollar for a pin, if I'm a cast member and I'm getting anything exclusive and cheap, I'm going to go out and trade it. So that's yeah, when you found, absolutely. So there was a period when you found really good stuff on the lanyards because the cast member paid a buck for it. And it was, I mean, I could, I could trade it off the lanyard and go sell it for five bucks on eBay. If I, and I didn't sell for a very long time. Now I, 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 it's kind of, you know, a secondary income for me. I do, I do a lot of convention yeah. work now and, and gigs that, um, are just fun, you know, because I really don't have to work. My wife is, owns two companies, and they do very well. And she there you wants go. me to do whatever Perfect. I want to do. She wants me to be an actor, but I keep getting sucked into this pin thing. So I'm trying to get them all sold. <laughs> so how can you help? Look for my sales on the one. <laughs> I'll buy one. <laughs> and if you'll message me at Holland, Holland Hayes on Facebook Messenger or I don't know, however else, I mean, I'm Holland Hayes at AOL. Yeah. I don't I, I don't do Gmail. AOL. Yeah, a, I love. AOL. Uh, but Holland, uh, messenger me at Holland Hayes. I'll send you a, a, a QR thing uh, that, oh, that you can get a $10 worry. credit. So it's like you get a free pin. Shipping's four bucks. You get a $6 pin. You got a free pin. Or, you know, you can put it down. Works for me. There's my big plug. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Good night. There you go. <laughs> Well, you mentioned it a little bit before your wife wants you to, you know, get into or back into acting because you do have quite a history as an actor. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that? Where that came so how it started? I, I, I prefer going? stage. Uh, Actors Equity was my first union. I'm SAG now. Um, uh, when we were stationed in Omaha, there was an equity theater there and I got to do a couple of shows there. And that's how I got my equity card. And then we moved down here. And, and film and TV was booming. So I did a couple of commercials, like Rooms to Go, and um, I forget what else. Oh, I had a, a, a Frito-Lay's Cheetos. Che you remember Chester the Cheetos Cheetah? That was one yeah, where he was, very well. he was skiing with a kid. And, you know, and it's all about look. I looked like the kid's dad. So I got the commercial, you know. But I made, you know, on that one day shoot, I made so much money. And, and, and I was on the low end. I made like 15 grand in residuals off that commercial because they just, That's they just keep, you get, keep getting a couple of thousand dollar checks every, every, I think it's 13 weeks so is a cycle or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, that's where the money is. And so uh, after I, I did Waves, COVID hit and that kind of dried up production a lot and um, and, and everything went to self-taping and I'm not a good self-taper. I wasn't, I'm getting better at it. So I'd always pay somebody to self-tape. 
Uh, but I made some rookie mistakes and it kind of slowed things down for me and my agent. So I think she's had enough time to get over it now. And so she's going to, after this writer's strike, hopefully start getting me out on some more stuff. But, um, but Waves was a big shoot that came here and, and, uh, you know, one, a day on set is all, uh, even a bad day on set's a good day. And it was a great day. And it's funny, it shot at the Universal sound stages. And in the sound stage oh, wow. I was in, uh, they had the whole NASA press conference room right next to a, a kitchen and, uh, you know, a home living room. And then a, uh, and then the, the, the space consoles where everybody, you know, the control room. And um, so uh, my, my scene was in an office and... Uh, it was uh, with Patrick Fischler, who's from, he was a regular on Mad Men, and he was one of the stars. And he got my other scene I auditioned for. They auditioned me for this other scene. And then they ended up getting, let's just give it to Patrick. He's, he's, not, he, he's paid for. They don't have to pay another actor to come in and do it, I guess, was their thinking. I don't know. But it may have just been something additional to read. But uh, And then they, they uh, when it went, it was going to be on National Geographic. And when it went over to Disney Plus, they cut the episodes from an hour to 45 minutes. So I had another complete scene cut out of another episode, but I just got a residual yeah. check for all of them. It was over a thousand bucks. So uh, I, get, I get paid for them, whether they use it or not. That's true. Yep. I used to live in California and I worked in television too. So I know a little bit. I was in the That's where I'm going. I'm going to go back out there and see if I can't get into some film and TV. And I'll still do stage, I guess. I'd rather do stage. I I just love the process and everything. And um, I don't think I'll do theme park again. Uh, If if I get bored and and want to do a wand keeper, I'll go audition at Universal. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's awesome. So, you know, (laughs) hey, you know. You got to lean into that. But oh, yeah. I was just, uh, I would just wanted to ask you a little bit more about The Right Stuff because The Right Stuff is is a very, very famous book um, and the story is very famous. So uh, how did you first get involved with that show, I guess? And um, what was your experience like, you know, working on that set on on a show like that, which, uh, you know, was, was you know, pretty, pretty... Uh, hyped up i would say for a lot of people who so the it was a, it was a really calm shoot the uh like i said the one was at universal you know and shooting is a hurry up and wait situation uh so the way i got involved was my agent called me and said you've got an audition and the way that works is somebody's the casting director in this case Lori wyman who's a wonderful lady that i've known since i did uh, unsolved mysteries with her years ago. Uh, and by years, I mean like 30. Um, yeah, I remember that. She, uh, she cast this and, you know, casting directors either get to know you or want to, and they'll request you to audition. They'll tell your agent, here's your five slots for this role. Uh, you can send us whoever you want, but sometimes they'll request somebody to fill one or two of the slots. And then, so usually for every, and this is really something a lot of people don't get. For every role in a film or TV series, every character, there's usually about 40 people submitted. 
That's about four slots from 10 different agents on average. Okay. So 40 people are on tape. They tape themselves now. You used to go into the office and get tape. So 40, 40 yeah. people will read for a role, and then the casting director will look through the tape and whiz by most of them. Nope, nope, nope. You know, they got a lot of ground to cover. So if, if they don't catch your eye in the first, if you don't catch their eye in the first five seconds, they're moving on. So they'll narrow it down wow. to, they'll probably watch complete auditions of three or four people, and then they'll narrow it down to usually one or two that they put through to the actual director of the film. Uh, if he needs more choices, they'll give them to him. But usually they know, and sometimes they'll watch, you know, the auditions with the director and, uh, and they'll, you know, yeah, we've got it. That's good and move on. So um, there's, there, it's a, it's a very tough process, almost like a Disney audition. Sounds you like think, it. You think American Idol auditions are, are tough? You ought to go to a Disney audition sometime. It's just person at uh, Yeah. And then they narrow it down and you're auditioning against each other unless you're equity. Only one person can be in the room with equity. But I was on, yeah. a, I was on a movie called... Um, it was uh, the Mark Wahlberg um, movie, uh, Pain and Gain. Uh, and it was directed by Michael Bay. And he's a crazy man. Uh, you've heard of Michael Bay, right? The action director, and he directed this. Yeah. Movie. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, he. So, Pain and Gain is the film. I had a very small role, but he he he's, he spent an another extra 10, 15 minutes just having me go off. So the scene is me and Mark Wahlberg, and Mark, Mark Wahlberg's up on a writer. Uh, writer mower and uh he's he he says if i deserve it the un i said that baby's on sale he says i deserve it the university will serve it and i'm like okay whatever and <laughs> michael bay had me do that yeah whatever literally 25 times and he wanted me angrier and angrier every time oh my to, to, to the point where i'm you know just Fuming and spewing. <laughs> and none of it was used. It wasn't in like an outtake thing. God only knows whatever happened to it. But anyway, it, it, it was it was like working with a 13-year-old. Oh, my gosh. That's and insane. Mark would drive the tractor no. down the thing. He went, you know, he started up and then drove. <laughs> and then 10 grips had to come in and lift the thing back up onto the display mountain. It was, it was wild. Wow. And then now all of insane. your, you know, between all your acting and your entertainment entertainment, and like all the interactions with guests, do you have like an all-time favorite memory that just like sticks in your head and doesn't leave you? Um, I mean, you did everything for so long and you're still continuing. Like that's, like, that's know, a lot. Like I was really the most gratifying part is connecting with special needs kids because Okay. Because you, you know, your your heart just bleeds for him. And uh, when I was doing the Barney show as Mister Peekaboo, we'd do little private meet and greets after the show, and and Aww. I was kind of the human connection between Barney and the kid. And um, absolutely. And, and and there, I had fans on Main Street that came with their special needs kids. Like, 
you know, they couldn't, they couldn't really talk, but they could say, you know, or something like that. That's a big deal to a parent, you know, and, and, uh, that was, that was the killer stuff. But at Disney, I got to be the major domo on the castle for the Cinderella Bration. You know, sometimes they gave me breaks from the scoop contract. And and one year they let me take my choice. I did Mickey's Backyard Barbecue. I was Tumbleweed Will for that. Um, But being on that stage as the major domo and being major domo for some weddings, uh, I'll put the, the pictures up. I think if you go to either Holland Hayes on Facebook, I've got a, I've got a, I've got my personal page, but there's also one with pictures I put on there. You might be able to find it. That is so cool. I'll have to look that up. I want yeah, to see so that. So many That's different amazing. events and stuff. I was a pirate for the fireworks voyage that they do out of the contemporary. And, and there's roles I've, I've done. You know, I, like I said, the Diamond Horse all the way back then. And storyteller yeah. during the uh, Mickey's Not So Scary. I told the story of the uh, Headless Horseman before he rode through. Ooh, oh, that's one of my favorites. Look up that storyteller. You can yeah. find that one. That's a good one. I, I don't know if that's on you yeah. know YouTube or whatever, but um, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Somewhere, do a deep dive maybe. on that. That'll be yeah. That'll be super. Yeah. <laughs> Jared. Hey, do you another know, deep dive. I'm. I just. I love to be prepared, and you know, frankly, the funny thing is, is what I find when you when you're hosting a podcast and you have guests on, you know. And thankfully, I've been doing this for over six months now, and we've had a bunch of different guests, uh, all sorts of different backgrounds within the Disney industry. Um, And I found the deeper you dive into the history and deeper you dive on the Internet, you find more fun stories, more fun, unique traits and facts. Um, But, you know, I I just uh, that's part of why I love, you know, doing the show is is you get to meet so many different people who mm. who have so many different histories and backgrounds within Disney and you know and and everybody's got a unique story and and that you know Disney is like you know everybody thinks it's it's when you're a kid you walk in and it's all just magic you don't really realize how it's all operating you know for us as Disney park reporters and working for a Disney blog and being in the parks as much as we are you know, we're you very quickly or Jesse as a former cast member, um, Kristen as a background in entertainment, like you you once you grow up, you start looking around and realizing how many puzzle pieces fit together just to make this thing operate for one single day, mm-hmm. never mind three hundred and sixty five days a year. Oh, yeah. So um it's just cool to to meet somebody. It, so many it relies on a of, of lot of dedicated people. And uh yeah. I I, I I think if you don't want to lose the magic, don't go work there. I've had a lot of people, retirees especially, that came and worked on Main Street in the shops. They were really surprised at the effect it had on them. Uh, you know, go work somewhere else and 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 mm-hmm. keep keep the magic in Disney for yourself. You know, I would see um, uh, characters in various states of undress during. Uh, my time there in the backstage Same. areas, but they were always, even if they just put, you know, something back on, they Im- immediately became whatever that character was on stage. You know, yeah. I, they would never do that on stage, but off stage, um, you yeah. know, it, it's, yeah. it's really amazing. And it's very difficult work. Uh, you know, what we call fur, 
And um, because if you if you don't bring it to life, you're just a clod in a costume. Uh, You've really got to animate. Yeah. And um, so really uh, appreciate all the people that are there. But, uh, you know, in, in my case, I couldn't go lock myself into my office if I was having a bad day. I had thousands of cameras on <laughs> and I had to turn yeah. it on, you know, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. also mm-hmm. a good kind of lesson in life, you know, to be be there, be present, you know. Yeah. Um, so we have question that we well, a qu- well, probably a series of questions that we ask pretty much every guest, and so we're gonna ask you. So you're gonna have to put your thinking cap on. So, what would be your favorite Disney park, Disney film, and Disney character? And for parks, do we say all six, or do is it just the four here? You can count Disneyland, the Disneyland parks. Yeah, throw them all in there. Typhoon Lagoon, whatever. (laughs) All eight. My favorite thing to do is to ride the monorail over to. Magic Kingdom will always have a special place in my heart, and they all have. So, um, but the the ride from, uh, gosh, just going to the resorts, I always love going to the, but riding over to Epcot, uh, you know, because you go around Future World in the monorail is always awesome to me. Um, I've always wanted to go to Tokyo Disney Sea. Same. And uh, I think it would be my favorite if I did. I did go to Paris. And like, when, when I got off in Frontierland, it was a ghost town. I thought... Is Frontierland closed? There was nobody there. And it was really cold. I think we went in like April. And 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 the French aren't always the nicest people, you know. But uh, anyway, it was just, it was so weird. It was so freezing cold. And and uh, yeah. so anyway, but I really do love them. I did, they still, they, the magic left for a little while for me when I left Disney. Just because of, you know, how things went down. But um yeah, yeah, of course. But That's normal. I, I love the parks. Uh, I, I love, um, you know, who doesn't love the Haunted Mansion? I remember mom wanted to take me on it, and she said, you wrote it in Disneyland. Why are you so upset? I, I was scared to death. And then I, you know, went on. What, what an idiot. It was so fun and funny. You know, nothing happened to me. Although they I used to it. have, I don't know if they still have them, but those, I think they're not as loud anymore, but those heads would pop up like that, you know? They're still loud. Yeah, those those can be scary. <laughs> um, what else? What was the other thing? It. What was the favorite? Oh, movies. Um, yeah, I, I, film yeah. and character. I really like Toy Story, I guess. You know, I tried to watch Pinocchio. Have you tried to watch Pinocchio? We are so... Not recently. Not recently. We are so spoiled or, I don't know, uh, our tastes are so sophisticated now with animation that when you watch something like... <laughs> Pinocchio, it's like watching a, you know, did a kid draw that? And it's it's just so funky yeah. and 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 slow. But what I do love about things like this, and I'd like to encourage you and your viewers to do, is when you watch a movie like that, think about how revolutionary it was back then. Um, oh, Snow yeah. White, oh, there's sure. never been a full-length animated movie. And now yeah, there are these little dwarves coming up to Snow White who appears to be dead, and they're you know, they're taking their hat off and they're heartbroken. And it's it's really amazing to think that up until that time, no animation had done that for you. Yeah, I, I think about that all the time. My wife and I watched um, 
Lady and the Tramp, maybe six months ago. I think I was looking for something to literally put on in the background when we we're going to take one of those like Sunday naps where you say you're going to fall asleep for 30 minutes and you wake up like two and a half hours later confused. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that didn't happen. We just watched the entire film. And I remember being like halfway through being like, this is extremely impressive for a film that came out <laughs> 75 years ago. Like it's, I think it's, it, it's forgotten a lot, um, you know, in today's world, our, whether it's the current generations or, or what, but it is forgotten just how hard it was and how, you know, and it's not to take away from the computer generated animation, because I think Toy Story Toy Story is my favorite animated film, and I think it's absolutely revolutionary what that did for the future of filmmaking. But either way, the hand-drawn animation, you can't deny yeah. how gorgeous it is. And it's a huge reason why I love like Princess and the Frog, because it's the last hand-drawn animated Stitch. film. Lilo you know, and Stitch is Lilo and Stitch, you know. There's so many gorgeous ones for, for such a long time. But you know, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks is a great one if you haven't seen it. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> Such it's a good big movie. Fun. And Jungle Book. Yeah, Jungle I love it. Book. Yeah, Jungle, Jungle Book. Yeah, Jungle Book. Jungle Book's another one. Um, Aristocat. So, this is hysterical. Uh, I know she. I love Aristocat. Loves, loves <laughs> that. Movie. Just the colors. Just watch it for. I know. You know, it was incredible. The 60s or 70s, whatever. I love. So um, before we wrap up here, um, I did have a few pieces of, um, you know, I guess one last question and then uh, would love for you to give us a, a few pieces of info. Um, but essentially, I guess my last question for you is really like, what sort of advice can you offer someone hoping to get into Disney entertainment or getting into acting? You know, you met thousands and thousands and thousands of people over your time at the Walt Disney uh, World you know, resort, but also beyond that, uh, throughout your career. And a lot of children, again, like you spoke about it earlier about like the, the magic and the wonder of a kid when they're looking at, you know, Scoop Sanderson, they think you're, you know, the, the coolest thing ever. So like, you know, I think a lot of kids, just like you, when you were going to diamond horseshoe, a lot of kids, like the dream, the dream of wanting to get into that and wanting to be an actor and all that, it starts really that young. It starts very young. Um, for me, I didn't realize it, but when I first went to Disney at eight, that was the first time I realized this is what I wanted to do for a career someday. I, I just had no idea it was an option. But, you know, I guess what I'm getting at is what kind of advice could you give to someone out there who wants to do uh, what you've been able to do throughout the course of your career? I've had some great acting instruction over my career. I've been an actor for, I guess, like 30 years now. And, uh, and I've, I've made a living at it for that long, which is kind of crazy. I'm, I never thought I would. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought, you know, I thought I'd be a big star when I was a kid. I thought I'd, I wanted to be a star. I didn't want to necessarily be a movie star, but I wanted to, you know, I knew this is what I wanted to do. So if, if you know this is what you want to do, I'm going to give you some quick nuggets here. One thing is, if you want to be an actor, act. If you want to be a plumber, plumb. But if you want to be an actor, act. So that means doing community yeah. theater. That means reading Shakespeare. It means living life and experiencing life. Dance. Sing. Go look at art. Make art. Write. Write. Read good writing. 
become a fully rounded human being who is in touch with all the things that make you creative because you have to create in this business. You have to be unique and different. And if you see somebody on the street or at the grocery store checking you out or whatever, and, and they talk like this and you want, and you think it's funny, then talk like that, not to them, but you know, go home and create that character. You know, if, if, if you see somebody who's like this, you know, there's, everybody can act it takes all kinds you don't have to be a prince or a princess you can you can you know not be the person that everybody thinks is traditionally beautiful have you seen the girl with the mustache on the amazon commercial that uh because uh, you're a cool cat uh you know and she no. anyway she's inspired by fred freddie mercury's song cool cat she's trying to She's got all these gummy things. She's going to rip her mustache out and she just ends up going with it. You know, she got that commercial. I don't know if that's her actual mustache or not, but she got that commercial (laughs) and that commercial is going to make her thousands and thousands of dollars like that one did for me and like flow and the, and the Liberty, 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 that the Doug and the Emu and Doug, they're they're billion. I mean, not billion, they're multimillionaires though. They make yeah. millions, and their contracts go beyond usage. It's like, okay, we're going to sign you forever for this campaign. Yeah, in perpetuity. Um, uh, yeah. And, um, and, and, and be with your people, you know? Meet actors. Go to acting classes. Go to acting classes. Go take an acting class. Go down to SAC downtown uh, if you're in Orlando. Um and if not, find an acting class and get in it and get going and take it in school. And and don't worry that if you're not into sports. I don't. I couldn't care less who's playing tonight or who won anything. Or I mean, if if you've got beer and are watching a game, I'll come drink it and cheer your team on with you or get excited for a play for a minute. But I could not care less. I want to see a show that moves me and moves the audience and, and experience that theater experience together because that's what it's all about, even if it's a movie theater. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's my – so and Disney specifically, be funny. They, they really need funny actors largely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, look like a prince or princess. But those are, those are characters. They're not actors. Actors – speak either on mic or do interactive entertainment in a in a in a setting that isn't a meet and greet essentially so those are the union actors and they get paid probably three times what the two to three times what the regular um when you meet a princess and get an autograph and a picture that's awesome Um, i i sorry no go go ahead and and get get a good one to two minute Get a good one-minute comic monologue and a good two-minute comic monologue, and then have a two-minute monologue that makes people cry. That's there great advice. And honestly, the the main piece of advice that stuck out to me because my favorite quote of all time is from Jim Carrey, who's 
my favorite actor ever too. And he said, um, you know, you can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a shot at doing what you love. Yes. And I, I love that quote because, you know, um, I just, I, it really resonated with me and it reminded me of what you were just saying. Cause you were saying essentially the same thing. That is, you know, if you want to be an actor, go act, you know, if you want to go do something, you got to go do it. I think there's so many people out there that are just so scared to start. You're not getting breaking news. People, you're not going to be good when you first start and that's okay. You're not, that's, that's part of the process. Fail and fail big. Exactly. If, and that's, it goes with another quote about, you know, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail better. You know, like that's the whole point. It's like it, all your, better. it's true. Every, every failure is just a step to success. So that's, that's Jared yeah. once that's Jared's once every three months motivational speech, I guess. Uh, <laughs> No, but seriously, Holland, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciated having you. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I learned what so a many. Yeah. I learned so many phrases yes, and languages you. about pins that I didn't know existed. <laughs> well, let me live learned so much can more I about pins. With the golden pin rule. So, yeah. in addition yes. to remember, use people's favorite words. Their name, right? When you meet their them, name. got uh, it. Try, and, yeah. and remember their name. I was famous for it. I didn't always do it. But if I listened closely, the name would get used and then I could remember, you know, they thought I remembered it, but there are always yeah. little tricks, you know, but, um, or I'd just ask mom and dad, remind me your kid's name, you know, and then I'd <laughs> talk to the kid and they'd think I'd remembered their name. Uh, there's, there's a lady out there. Um, well, you, if you ever meet the fairy godmother there, uh, anyway. She knew everybody's name. It was unbelievable. Awesome. Just do it as an exercise and, and, and change your life, really, using people's names. Um, and then, yeah. uh, the, but the golden pin rule was trade unto others as you would have others trade under you, unto you. <laughs> in other words, give, <laughs> give yep. as you get and apply that to everything in your life as well. Mm-hmm. So, so Holland, yep. if people want to see it. some more of your work or, uh, you know, look more into you, how can they uh, do that and where can they find you? So my uh, film and TV work is on IMDb. Holland Hayes on IMDb. Go there and you'll see a list of the things I'm in. You can see. Um, and just, I guess, uh, look at my Facebook page. I don't update the one that I don't have friends on. I will friend just about anybody if they don't look I'm gonna go creepy you. or weird. If they if they if it's them, if all their pictures are them and their Disney family, you're in. You may not like everything I post because I'm political and um, you know, leave. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> but, just uh, follow. Yeah, and then uh, please uh, let me know if you want a $10 credit on the WhatNot app. I'll uh, send you a QR code that when you download it, you'll get that credit. And you can see me in all my full pin glory telling you about I will. pins you've never heard of. And, oh, my gosh, now I've got to have that. And uh, it'll probably be too expensive sometimes. But, it'll be a problem. But... You know, I it's have fine. some really good deals too. I but I do like to spend sell high price pens. I like people I that are willing to spend a little on their awesome. Pension. Well, thank have you so much for and go for it. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. We really enjoyed having you. Yeah. And um, yes, thank you so again. Nice to meet you guys. 
Yes, absolutely. Too. Definitely go check out some more of Holland's uh, work if you'd like. And and beyond that, uh, if you're new to the Mickey Blog podcast, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We drop new episodes every single Friday. If you're new to Mickey Blog, we cover all things Disney. Go over to the internet, the good old internet, and uh, head over to mickeyblog.com to get news on all things Disney. We cover all things Disney, and we're also all over social media between Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that fun jazz, as I like to say. And yeah, we're going to see you next time, next Friday, and uh, we can't wait for the next episode. But thanks again for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.